0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's Word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy His Word. This always gives me a chance to assess who I'm working with. You ever get mid-conversation with somebody and you realize, hmm, I'm talking to somebody. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, oh... I didn't know what I was working with when I started this interaction, but now that I know. Have you ever had those moments? Don't act like that's just a me thing. Everybody does that, that you realize, oh, you can't really get it. You ever have that? Okay, well, don't be those people today. Play right, church. Did I come to church with people who wanted to come to church this morning? I can tell by your slow responses when you're not. When you're the people who are just, you're just looking at me. This is not an engagement or an interaction. You just came to watch. Please don't be those people. But I already know because I've surveyed the room and I know y'all personally. I know the people that I have in the audience that will go with me. Amen. Amen. My amen corner. I love my amen corner. So I was, um, I'm not old. By the way, I just need to put that out there. I'm not old. So when I say back in the day, you should have seen some of the looks that I just did I just got. <laughs> like. No, I'm not. I'm not old. Um, Yes. See, we're young and young at heart. I love love her. Um, But sometimes when I say back in the day, people picture way back in the day. I'm not that old for it to be way back in the day. But I remember a day where you had to be credible to be influential. You know what I mean? Like you had to be a subject matter expert before you wrote a book on a subject. I remember a time where you needed to be educated and credentialed on a thing before you had proven and earned the influence of people's opinion. Yeah. 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 I was looking for a book the other day and I was like, that's a good, a good title. I wouldn't read that. That's good. But then I was like, I don't know who that, i would never heard of this person. Only to find out that ju- they, they don't have a background in this field like at all. That, it didn't used to be like that. Now people just deem themselves or whatever, run with it, post it real good, package it real good, and marketing, and people just go along with it and follow the influence of it. The concern, though, is they're starting to see that same dynamic in the body of Christ. Yeah. It's very much gotten into the same flow now with believers. And we have believers that are leaning into the influence of people as long as their podcast is aesthetically pleasing and professional looking, if the microphone sound is very clear in their recording and in their post, we give them, you know, credit, share and reshare and all things like it's a fact. We have people who are presenting opinions, but we're receiving it as fact. We've gotten now to a place where people are more drawn to and there are more pastors that are more celebrity than shepherds. People are evacuating the kingdom to reside in the culture. And it's just getting further and further away. Nobody's being vetted. No thought is being vetted or thought out or researched to find out, is there any ground or substance in what I'm digesting at all? People don't care to. It's that if the cliche is catchy enough and if the TikTok is hot enough and if they pick the right song to go behind it, that has to be it. And we build on that fact. As if it is a fact. There's there's no searching anymore for the realness of a thing. It's gotten to where there's no desire anymore for the realness of a thing. And I believe that it's because people don't know anymore or they don't recognize the difference between gifted and anointed. It's one thing for the world not to know, but it's gotten to where now the church don't know the difference between gifted and anointed. That is not the same thing. Am I I telling you something that you never heard? There's a difference between gifted and anointed. There are people who can sing every note on the scale, run up and down, the scale show out, make a song super long because you got to hear all of the runs that they have to do so that you can enjoy their gift. But it only impacts your ear and the room is in because it can't touch the realm of the heavens because it's not anointed. The problem is because people are following along with it, we have people who are appointed, gifted people who are appointing themselves to positions that require an anointing. And in case you haven't noticed, I am preaching already. And you are functioning gifted and roles that call for anointed. So you need the power that you don't have in the position that you gave yourself. And the crazy part is I shouldn't say crazy because some of us are doing its we're following it because the body of Christ has gotten to where we can't tell the difference. But the dangerous part in all that is if I hadn't already said enough is hell does not have to respond to a gift. Hell is not scared of your gift. Hell is not intimidated by the gifted. Bondage is not broken by the gifted. Hell does not tremble by the gifted. There is not a spiritual exchange when it comes to the gifted, even though it is more popular. Oh, but the anointed. Isaiah 10:27 in the King James Version, it says, the yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. Good. See, what the enemy knows that the world seems to have forgotten is he has to respond to the anointing. The yoke representing bondage, bondage is broken because of the anointing. Good. I don't know if I should let that sit. Because I know now you're playing back in your mind like, how many, how much stuff am I just entertaining that is just the, no, the anointing is what destroys the yoke. It's the anointing. It's going to take the anointing to break that generational curse. It's going to take the anointing to be able to free your mind. It's going to take the anointing to be able to call heaven down. The anointing is what makes the enemy respond. And because he knows that it requires the anointing, he likes for you to be caught up in the gifted. So we have churches, we have kingdom, basically, now functioning and gifted, which makes it powerless. But you have to remember that it's easy to talk people out of anointing or the desire for it or desire to have it because the anointing comes about through process, and nothing in our society wants process. Somebody say, it's the, it's the anointing. Let's go ahead and keep moving. So, we are a word church. So, let me give you scripture. Because I know by now you like, you have not dropped scripture. Exodus 27 and 20. Exodus 27 and 20. Listen, you ever... Is it dawned on you, hopefully it dawned on you in this moment, that the enemy does not want you to understand what I'm saying? You get that, right? Because he knows that if you ever receive the anointing, if you ever function under the power of anointing, then because the anointing destroys the yoke, that means... If she receives the anointing, then she will break the bond that I have with her children. If she receives the anointing, then she will silence me every time I try to sling false accusations. She, if she ever receives the anointing, then I don't get to have the influence in her marriage. If she ever receives the anointing, then she'll start sowing and giving and serving, and I don't get to have a say-so. I need for you to kind of be offended at the fact that he is trying to punk you out of The one thing that works. Do we have our scripture? It says, command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. I'll say it again. Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. So note that it says clear oil for the light, Well, clear oil of pressed olives for the light. Okay, so I just want to back this up and so you can understand the oil is symbolic to the anointing. So they used the oil to anoint the sacred things of the temple, to anoint the kings, to anoint the priests. That was the use. You ever hear people say anointing, anointing oil? So anointing is the oil is symbolic to the anointing and they use the oil to fuel the lamps in the temple. They use the oil to keep the light burning. I can see because y'all are not, not getting it. They, it. It took the oil to keep the the, the lamp Burning continually, continually, continually. It took the oil to keep the darkness away and the light to continue to burn continually, continually. It took the oil to fuel the light. You, you, you're not catching it. took the anointing to fuel the light. It's going to take the oil to run the darkness out of your house. It's going to take the oil for you to carry the weight of this call. It's going to take the oil. See, we're talking about anointing as just singing a song. No, it's going to take the, take the oil to keep, to keep the light burning. It's going to take the pure oil to keep To keep the the light burning. Now see, it is very easy to praise the power and effectiveness of the oil. Do we understand that? At that time, it was like liquid gold. It was more valuable than anything because it had so many uses for Oil is a grand thing. But oil comes at a cost. How many know oil costs you something? Oil is just not a commodity like water. Oil costs you something. And if you don't believe me, ask the olive. There's a process that an olive has to go to in order to bring forth oil. And I took the time to really dig into the process, so much so that I'm going to have to really limit this in order for me to get you out of here today. (laughs) But the process, there's an there's a oil process, there's an olive process that brings forth oil. Can we look at that? So the first step in that process is they take the raw olives and they put them on this big round disc type thing with this huge stone called a millstone. And the millstone goes around and around and it crushes the olives, a donkey, Takes it around and around. Now this stone is a thousand pounds. And I said to myself, well, i olive like this big. Well, why must we? Why must we do so much? Why? Why a thousand? A thousand pounds for such a little tiny olive? But you know, I, we're thinking of like olives in a jar, like when we eat them. And a raw olive has a different texture. It is hard. It is. It is crispy. We have a picture. I have a picture of the olive. Um, is, do you have it? That's it. So they pour the olives on that little flat part. And then the donkey is on the side of the stick or, or the, a man can push it. And it goes around and around and it crushes the olives. And you can hear them crackling under the weight of the stone. And it molds it into a, like a, a paste, like a the mash putty consistency. And I said to myself, why so much pressure for something so small? Right? I feel like you should just be able to crunch crunch that up. Have you ever asked God, like, God, why? Like, why so much? You know, like, like I get it with God. Like, I'm, 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 I'm trying, and you see me trying. But why? Like, why? And I know everybody got problems. Everybody got things. But God, I just. And you know, they say, you will not put more on me that I can bear. So, But clearly, you know how much this is. Like has anybody ever been there? Has anybody had one of those prayers? But God to be like, but God, what? Whoa, whoa. Seriously, I've, this is too much for anybody to take. And then you just put thing on top of thing on top of. I didn't get to catch my breath from the last time, and now you now it's just like just so much. The guy's like, I, I, I have to, I have to break it down because I need you malleable for the process. So they take the paste that is made for that, and they they tuck it into these wicker baskets that are like a tire. And they, they tuck it in there. And that's the first step in the, the crushing process. This phase of process is when the enemy is most successful on getting you to fold. This is when the enemy is most successful of getting believers to forfeit. Break under the pressure. It's okay. I changed my mind. It's not worth it. I don't want the oil. Keep it. I'm I'm, I'm done. This is when the phase in the crushing that he can talk you out of the thing that he knows he can't dodge. Because in the crushing, the crushing breaks things you want to keep. The crushing will bend you into the position of submission to the will of God. In the crushing, it makes you lose your appetite for things that you only knew how to desire. Somebody say crushing. It's in the crushing that you become malleable. But see, oil doesn't come from just the crushing because it's a process. Process. Oil only postures you for the pressing. There's steps to this thing. Somebody say pressing. Pressing. So now that the paste has been put into like this, so picture a tire and they take the oil and they put it into like the little coves in the tire. Are you picturing what I'm saying? Not the oil, I'm sorry, the paste into like the little coves of the tire. And then they stack about 15 of them on top of each other. Got me? You picturing it? And then they put either a huge stone or a disc on top of all 15 of them. And the weight starts to press down on the crushed olives. I said the weight. Yeah. And from that, that weight, oil starts to come out of the baskets. Under the pressure of the weight, the oil starts to flow from the see. You've been trying to duck the pressure, but it's the pressure that's gonna bring the oil. You thought that the pressure was set to distract you or break you, but it's the pressure that's bringing the oil for it. You see, I had to stop for a minute in my preparation of this thing, and I had to thank God for the people that did not let me fold under the pressure. God let me call names. And I know you might not know them, but I thank God for the Melanie Stringers in my life. I thank God for the Lanise Smiths in my life. I thank God for the Bishop Beechams in my life. I thank God for the Karen Sims in my life. They don't mean anything to you, but they mean everything to me. Because they stood on the sidelines and they said, girl, keep swinging. Keep swinging. Get, fix your feet. Get off the rope, Stop playing. You're moving too slow. You're moving too fast. They made me angry and they hurt my feelings. But they never let me fold. And because they did not let me fold, I know how to stand still under the weight of the pressure. Because while other people still endured for the prize or for a blessing, I stood because I wanted the anointing. I know that if I, if I endure, I will have an anointing on my life. Learning how to endure the pressure. So as the weight sits on these baskets... It starts to press. Now there's three phases of pressing and I'm almost done. I'm gonna get you guys out of here. There's three phases of the pressing and that first set of weight that sat on those things that brings the oil. That's the first press. That's what we call extra virgin olive oil, the pure clear oil that comes in that first press. And that first press goes to the temple because you give God your first of everything the first press the purest of oil goes to the temple and with that they light that's what the text is telling us give me the 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 clear oil for my lamp in the in the sanctuary and they anoint the sacred things in the temple and they anoint the priests that's that's that that first press then there's a second pressing where they put more weight and they do a second pressing now it's not as clear cuz it's not the first press and that press they use for their homes they use for their, their cooking, they use for their perfumes, they use for their medications. They, that, that, that's for home. That anointing is for, you, for your home. And then in that final pressing, that final pressing, now that kind of has bits in it because it's that last, that last good strong press. And it, it, it's not your first, so it's not for the, 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 the kingdom and it's not for your home. But that press is for your personal lamp. Because they used to have these little tiny, almost handheld lamps. And that's what that, that oil was for, to keep that burning. Now see, we we think of darkness as nighttime, but there was no light. They didn't have street lights. They didn't have lights coming from people's houses. They didn't have like city lights illuminating the darkness. There was nothing. So all they had was their, their little, little lamp. And they even had ones that could go on the feet. You ever hear the, the light in my feet, the lamp to my path? That, yes, to, to, to light it up. Just why oil was not optional. Because I'll be completely lost in darkness if I have no oil for my lamp. I'm lost in the world if there's no oil. If I have no oil, I can't do nothing for the kingdom. I can't do nothing for my home. I can't walk for myself because I need the oil. I have to endure the pressing because I have to have the anointing. We like to think that it's optional. And the enemy wants you to believe that it's optional. But without it, you are lost in darkness and you are leaving the world lost in darkness. You are leaving your family lost in darkness. I have to have the oil. Have to have the oil. Let me wrap up and get you out of here. I love scripture so much because people. It is very easy to feel like you can go into the word, be like, I don't understand this. Like, this makes no sense to me. I don't see how this relates to me. I don't understand. But when you go to the word, ask God. Like, God, give me understanding. Like, before you open it. Say, God, give me an understanding beyond my own ability to process. God, let me find, learn to find you in Scripture and let me learn to find you in text. And you know why? Because he exemplifies how you need to live. He exemplifies what you need to know, how to live this thing out in Scripture. So say, God, give me, the, un- unlock the mysteries in your Scripture so that I can apply them to my life. Because he blueprinted this for us so well. And I can tell you without us having to go through, but in the book of Matthew, it tells us that after Jesus, after the last supper, he and the disciples left and they went to the base of the Mount of Olives. And right at the base of the Mount of Olives, it says that he went to Gethsemane and prayed. We hear this story? Now, Gethsemane, the definition of the word is the olive press. And our Savior went to that position and he had to go by himself. And he wanted his friends to be able to go. He did. And I believe he had some good friends. But there are some things in this process that even with their best intentions, you've got to do it alone. Yes, that's right. And he took his friends and he said, I got to pray. And listen, this is also known as the place of agony. Because our Savior, this is the most human I've ever seen Jesus in Scripture. And he said to them, My sorrow is so heavy that it's unto death. It feels like this sorrow is killing me. He was under so much pressure that our Savior said, if there is any other way, if there is any other way from alleviating me from what I have to do, pressure. You are not wrong for wanting to forfeit the process. Nobody going to hear this message and say, yes, trust me, Lord. Nobody is saying that. If you walk out of here saying that, you're just being one of those church cliche things. You do not mean that. You do not mean that. Don't ask that. Don't pray that. That is not what you want to do. Jesus didn't want to have to do it. There are three phases in the pressing. Jesus petitioned God three times. And time after time, more pressure was applied. Till he got to the point where it says that sweat dripped from him like blood. Now, I know your mental picture, when I've been telling you about the pressing, you're picturing these baskets pressing and all of this clear oil like we see at the grocery store running everywhere. But that's just not the way that it happens. So, can you show me, I have another picture up there to show you what comes out of the oil. Do you have another picture up? No? Well, let me, get, let me just give it to you then. It's, it's not a graphic up there? Mm-hmm. It doesn't come out clear. Instead, it comes out a very murky red. So when the scripture gives us the description that it poured from him like blood... I appreciate the blood reference, but I feel like you only did that for me because that was the only way I was going to be able to envision it. But the oil that comes from the olive, it comes out in that second and third press in a murky, thick red. It has to be separated for it to be clear, but its original position comes out a thick red. Don't think that our Savior doesn't understand the pressure that you are under. Don't think for a second that he is somewhere boasting in the fact just to see if you can take it. And in the same turn, don't think for a second that the enemy does not know what happens if you endure the process. While you are in it, I need you to be able to remind yourself, I cannot fold. I cannot break. I cannot compromise. I cannot forfeit. I cannot bow out. The anointing is too valuable for me to decide to line up with the agenda of the enemy or of the culture. No, I'm going to stand firm in what I know to be right, even under the weight of it. Somebody say pressure. pressure. Stand to your feet. It is very common now for believers and the world, but the world is the world. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us. To chase blessings. We are taught to sow so that we can be blessed. We're taught if the enemy attacks, us because a blessing is on the, up t- on the other end of it. And we only endure for the sake of a blessing. We've gotten to where we sow just so that we can reap. And we're hunting, hunting blessings. And don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to be blessed. That is not a bad desire to want to be blessed. But there are things in the realm of the spirit that make you effective for the kingdom of God. There are some non-negotiables when it comes to warfare. In... A raw olive, you cannot just pop a raw olive in your mouth. Trust me, you do not want to try that. It is extremely unpalatable because of the bitterness. You couldn't just crunch on. Your mouth wouldn't allow you. You would automatically spit it out because there is a compound in it called alorpine. And the alorpine makes the raw olive so bitter that it can't really be consumed. You would have to force yourself to do it, like on a dare, to be able to eat a raw olive. But in olive oil, olorapine is high in antioxidant. And it is a protector from cardiovascular disease and heart disease. Same thing. But because it went through the process, it went from being repulsive to being a benefit. I'm saying that so that all of you who the enemy is trying to tell you, you know, you can't do, you can't, this, this message don't apply to you because, you know, you still, your past is too messy or, you know, you still wrestling with bitterness and you're still bitter from this and you're still bitter from that. And this is still an issue. And he's trying to talk you out of being eligible for the process. And God is telling you, "No, know, I work all that out in the process and I use it for my good. He says, I will take the bitterness out of the abandonment and then use the abandonment as a platform for your warfare ministry against the orphan spirit. I can still use it. I can work it for my good. You have to place value in your anointing because if you don't, you won't protect it. Listen, anybody who knows me knows I have said before and I live this every day of my life. I am not going to be fooled up with foolishness, drama, or mess. It ain't in me to be able to do. This anointing costs me too much to be playing with you. I can't can't be fooled up with everything, and you can call me what you want to. You can say, oh, you feel like you're too holy for this, or it don't take all that. It takes all that for me because I am going to protect this anointing at all costs because it costs me too much. You don't know how much time I had to spend on my knees. You don't know how much time before God. You don't know what the tearing apart of my flesh and spirit felt like what I had to go through for the anointing on my life, and I'm not willing to risk that for anybody or anybody's opinion. If your anointing is not valuable to you, you will not protect it. The opinions of people will matter more than. The approval of people, your popularity will matter too much more than your willingness to protect your anointing. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.